Hello, friends. Ethan Sawyer, College Essay Guy here. My goal is to bring more ease, joy, and purpose into the college application process. Welcome to the College Essay Guy podcast, where that's what I do. How? Well, I interview amazing people with amazing minds and uh, amazing people who have turned their attention to helping students get into college. And then I break down their genius or you know their skills into a series of practical, actionable steps you can take, whether you're applying to college yourself or helping someone else apply. So this is part three of my four-part series with Ted Dorsey, aka Tutor Ted. And on the last two episodes, I interviewed Ted, once just getting to know him and then getting some awesome practical tips from him. On this episode, Ted turns the tables and he interviews me. So this will be a different episode than you're used to, if you've listened before. And on this first one, you'll just hear him basically allowing folks to get a chance to get to know me better. So we talk about things like how I ended up becoming the college essay guy. And there's a little spoiler that that wasn't actually my plan ever since birth. Um, What applying to college was like for me going through that process. Uh, How I learned the importance of asking good questions based on the way I was raised. Why I never ever tell students to quote unquote write in their voice. How I think the writing essay can actually change your image and your, like your self image, the way you see yourself and indeed your life. And I share a little bit about what it's like working with me one on one because Ted was curious. So, all this and more you'll find on this episode. Hope you enjoy. So, let's see. The, the short, the really short version is that's just what I've always wanted to be ever since I was born. You know, I really just came out of the womb. That's not the answer you gave me last time. (laughs) It's changed. Wait a second. (laughs) No. um, You know, basically, you know, I I studied, I mean, so to go way back for a second, so I'll give like the the minute long version, but but I'd say that one of my core values, and I'm big on core values, as as you know, mm. is is connection. And as a missionary kid growing up and moving around a lot, I really valued getting to know people fast. And I think that's something that I had to learn how to do because I went to like 13 schools. And so that serves me now. I wouldn't have thought at the time. Therefore, I want to be a college essay guy. Mm. <laughs> but that was a, like an early piece is like getting to know people fast and having deep conversations, um, just something that I've always loved. And I got into writing, you know, in high school and studied English in college and then studied screenwriting in college and really thought that that's what I wanted to do. And then I got a job helping students with their essays out of college. Um, I went to Northwestern and when I graduated, I was like looking for a job, got this job helping students with essays. But I was meanwhile helping my best friend with his, you know, like where he was working on screenplays because he was enrolled at USC for, for screenwriting. And I just started to find that a lot of the structural stuff that I was learning about storytelling applied in the realm of college essays and students were writing better stories, more interesting stories. Um, and then over the next few years, I started to get more into counseling and, and being like, wow, this is really, really cool stuff. And I got a certificate in, in college counseling and w- just be found so much more fulfillment. And I guess at a core level, like I feel like this meets my deeper needs for um, community. I think this builds community with, you know, when it's two people together or in the workshop setting, when I'm guiding students through essay workshops, there's a great powerful thing that happens when students tell their stories. Um, and you know, it's, it's an opportunity to just ask folks big questions and then mm. encourage them to go deep. So I just find that it's, it's really aligned with, uh, what I want to do in this world. I, part of my Myers-Briggs is, is an intuitive feeler mm. helping people realize their potential. Mm-hmm. So there's an alignment there as well. 
I, it's, I think it's really eerie how our backgrounds, you know, overlap without us ever having met, you know, <laughs> to plan that. Um, just because I wanted to be a writer too and moved out to LA to be a screenwriter. Huh. And I think that I also was doing that to seek connection, you know. I, yeah. I think I was trying to seek connection with millions of people. And then when I started tutoring, which is basically my sideline, and by the way, this is not an episode about me, but I just can't help, <laughs> help but throw this in. Um, I, uh, I found the direct connection really um, appealing, you know, mm. and, or the, I shouldn't say direct, immediate connection, um, mm-hmm. you know, just being in the room with somebody and having an impact right away. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think uh, connections are really great. Great word and a great term. And anyway, that's let's go back to talking talking about you. That's okay. You're you're interesting. I like you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I know I'm just getting out of order here. You know what I mean? It's okay. It's a disorganized podcast. Um, so, what was your experience doing the work that you do now with high school students back in the day? I mean, did you get the support that you could have used? Was someone was someone uh, connecting with you back in the day? I mean. The first thing was kind of a cynical thing that popped in my head, which is like, who did? And what I mean by <laughs> yeah. that is like. I, I don't think that, you know, even what, when this is 1998 that I was applying to college. So, you know, 20 years ago, there weren't as many resources out there and the internet was, had just come into being. So it was harder, I think, to find, you know, resources like the ones that, you know, these podcasts. That right, doing. right. Yeah. So no, in the short answer. And also I went to a public school where it was one counselor for, you know, 2,300 kids or whatever. And so you know, but she did casually say, oh, you should think about Northwestern. <laughs> so <laughs> sometimes it's those high level <laughs> things. You really got to be paying attention, you yeah, know, you for really those. Do. Yeah, yeah. But if there's only like two interactions or three interactions, <laughs> and it was a really, you know, she's a really sweet woman, but I, you know, did the application process on my own, totally waited to the last minute. Um, I remember being on a chat room because these chat rooms had just come into being. Oh, with yeah. A girl who I'm still in touch with these wow. today. But like going back and forth between chatting with this new interesting girl who lived in on the on the West Coast, mm-hmm. I was in Miami at the time, and and doing my applications, and and I finally got it done. But you know, it, it no, I would have loved to have spent a lot more time because I see there's so much potential for growth, and I didn't do any growth in high school. Now, <laughs> uh, I just you know, the, what for me, what growth looked like in high school was doing theater, spending time uh, with that community, and. You know, having lots of long phone conversations. So it was like organic growth. You were growing your organic garden, right? You <laughs> know what I mean? It. Like no one was really tending it. You know? Yeah, growing that's, wild and free. That's a nice way of putting it. Oh, thanks. Um, that's you know, do you feel like you missed out on something? You know, do you wish that you'd had you back in the day? I mean, that's a really trippy thought. You've blown my mind. Here. <laughs> um, what would that be like to work with me? I think I would be too. We would butt heads. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> Two control freaks just going at it. No, I think that um, people don't actually know that I'm a control freak until they start to like try to co-present with me at a conference. And that's then they're funny. Like, Ethan wants to like you know write all the emails and he wants to put together the prezi and it's great. But like anyway, uh, but yeah, I, man. Group, by the way, group projects like that's <laughs> group pretty projects. much the bane of everybody's existence. Who <laughs> right. loves group projects? Raise right. your hand. Right. Exactly. Um, I think that I would have liked to have been asked some of the questions that I asked students. Um, I think that those would have been useful and productive. And I think that there are a couple exercises that I think would have been really, that I would have really dug. (laughs) It's so funny to think about this, right? Like which exercise would I have been into at 17? I think that some of the exercises that I'm doing today are are exercises that, that I would have really liked. Um, And, and so, yeah, I I just think that, that there are these interactions that we have with folks and these can happen in 10 minutes or, you know, I'll I'll give you an example. Like when I was in college, I was at a cafe one night and, um, 
I was reading the Brothers Karamazov, and on the other hand, like literally in my other hand, I had Rumi. And so mm. I was the poet, the 12th century mystic, and I was kind of taking breaks from my heavy Russian lit to like read some poetry. And there was this guy who just kind of was noticing me, and I was noticing him. And this my friend of mine came and sat down, and she smiled, and she had some reading to do, so she just sat. And as I was walking to get my tea, I stepped over to the man, and he just stopped me, and he goes, you love her, don't you? Wow. I said, whoa, uh, I mean, I do, but, you know, why? And he just says, come here. And he just like kind of like had me like sit down in front hmm. of him. And over the next, I don't know, 15 minutes, he taught me to meditate. Hmm. And it changed my life. Um, and he just led me through a basic visualization of breathing in through my you know, head, breathing out through my heart, and really simple stuff. And he told me some stuff that I have never forgotten to this day. He like gave me the definition of suffering. And mm. this, so I think that there are these moments in our lives where when we're open enough, and I was definitely mm -hmm. open enough mm -hmm. at that time in my life to receive, and I think there are certain things that we can do to put ourselves in a receptive state that the right question or the right provocation mm. can be life-changing. Mm. And I would say that in the college essay experience and process, I think part of the work that I try and do is to put students in a situation where they feel safe, yeah. willing to open up, and then the way that, in a way that hypnosis works, so I'm certified in hypnotherapy, guys, wow. by the way. Wow, okay, um, I did not know that. Know that? Yeah, yeah. Well, hypnotherapy is about getting into a relaxed state so that we become more suggestive. And there are sometimes in movies like nefarious ends that that leads towards <laughs> and people squawking like chickens, but... By the way, sorry, quick sidebar. Hypnosis not used as a plot device nearly as much as it was in like the 80s. In the 80s, it was like every that's other funny. episode, you know? Yeah. Not really that present anymore. Anyway, right. sorry. Yeah, no, that's fine. Please. But that movie, Get Out, did you see that? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, totally. Oh yeah, gosh. oh, yeah, that's right. And that's yeah. kind of the example of like the bad use of hypnosis, right. not what I'm trained to do or... The imagery in the hypnosis scene was pretty intense Yeah, and great. being in the sunken place. Yeah, Check yeah, out cool. Get Out if you guys haven't seen it. Oh, it's it. so good. It's such a good movie. Anyway. But in terms of the way that it relates to my work, you know... Teach, leading a student to a guided meditation where they can begin to creatively think about, you know, the details of their life and experiences mm. they may not have thought about mm -hmm. and to get them to start to think about them potentially in different ways and to like, the way I describe it is like to objectify their experiences and I can explain more what I mean by that, but to think of their stories and their experiences as separate from them so that we can start to make different meanings out of them mm. and to see that we can like, I like to say like do stuff with them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, one of the exercises I do is I have students go through this essence objects exercise where they basically think about concrete objects that represent deeper parts of who they are. Mm. It's a way of one, getting us to starting practice thinking visually. Um, but, but two, it's it, like I said, thinking about our stories as separate from us not yeah. as who we are, because we are so identified. I'm so identified with my story, I yeah. think it's me. And we're protective of ourselves, you know sure. what I mean? When, you, when you're telling a story about something that's not inherently like connected to you, you may be a little bit more forthcoming, a little more honest, potentially. Potentially more honest and, and, and more willing to, to flex it. What I mean by that is like, we have this groove, like I am this story. Let's say for example, that the dominant narrative, this is some narrative therapy talk, but like <laughs> the dominant narrative or is um, I am, I can't do it, right? Or I am not worthy. Mm. And that's a groove that gets well-worn, you know, for some folks over time. What narrative therapy does and what I think the college essay process is starts to question that. It's like, oh, well, are there, are there places in your life where you have been able to be successful? Let's talk about those. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And in talking about those and in the process of the college essay, doing 10 drafts writing about those situations where you really did achieve something starts to 
It's called thickening the marginalized story. Hmm. So for folks who like that sounds like, what does that mean? So marginalized meaning the story that we don't tell as often, Mm -hmm. the story that I can do it. And we start to thicken it by just repeating the story, Mm. giving it details, giving it life, giving it images. Then we start to create a narrative that can be in some cases more useful, not only for the college essay process, but just for our walking, waking life. Well, and there's even like a neurological phenomenon associated with that. That the more the more you think it, the more that the, those pathways are worn. You know, yeah. so um, that's that's kind of the therapeutic element of it. Right? Absolutely, we're yeah. rewiring our our brains, yeah. and I, I call it soul architecture because <laughs> we get to basically go, well, how is this thing constructed? And ask, do I want it to be constructed that way? Mm. Now, with every student, we don't always go that deep. You know, it takes a bunch of one-on-one sessions to really do a ton of that. But in a workshop setting, I think it's possible to sort of look at the architecture of things and then to begin to structure things in a slightly different way. And, and that can happen in like 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's miraculous when, when those, you have that, that moment of revelation, cause that's what you're kind of building towards. Right. It's like, um, you set the stage, you make the, you know, you, you help the student feel safe and, um, sort of, um, I guess safe, the, safe is the word for it. Um, and then you're waiting for that moment of, realization and that can happen instantaneously and like you said it can happen in 15 minutes if if everything goes kind of perfectly according to plan and then it can also happen over the course of several months <laughs> right you know or not happen at all in some cases you yeah. know um yeah <laughs> and then it's like well what are you you know and sometimes when i'm working with a student it's like we're we're working on a particular story or a particular narrative yeah. and we just go we get a few sessions in and it's like this is not it like what else we got uh-huh. and then we try you know we just switch switch tracks as it were and write about something else because i don't think that we all have just one story you know right, there's, that's right. really pushed a lot in the college essay mm. world like what is your story and i'm guilty of that too even asking what is your deepest story but there are so many stories that each of us could tell and the question right. is what's a really good story that's going to tell me some different things about you yeah that's really interesting what is your story i almost find that question offensive <laughs> <laughs> why yeah. why well cause it's it's so reductive you know yeah. it's, it's that basically like that there is there is one thing and you need to find it and mm. it, it just it just diminishes the richness and you know complexity um, complexity yeah you know yeah. that's that's yeah I, what is your deepest story implies that there are multiple stories so i'm not i'm not offended by that okay good <laughs> there's another one that that triggers me is the what is you know writing in your voice Okay. As though we have a single voice that we, you know, write in. And I think that's what that, that's what that implies. I don't think it's true. I think that, you know, like T.S. Eliot said that, you know, he do the police in different voices. You know, we have all these different voices and ways that we can communicate. And as an actor, I know that that's true. Like, you know, that I know that there are many different parts of me that I can access. And so I never say to a student, it needs to be in your authentic voice. Mm. In part because I just remember hearing that as a kid and being like, what does that even mean? Mm. Now... It's hard to know what your authentic voice is when you're a kid, too. To like be like, you know, I don't know. To say, when I heard when I would hear that as a kid, I'd be like, what does that even mean? Or like, write what you know is other (laughs) bad writing advice. Because I'm like, what do I know? (laughs) Like, what do I actually know? Like, it just sends me into this like existential tailspin of like, Mm. what what does it mean to know something? You know. (laughs) So, those are some other things that I don't say to students um, because I think it kind of. It gets them way up in their heads. Yeah. And I don't know that that's the most productive place to write from. I think that there's another place that we can write from. And of course, or not of course, but it's a different part of the brain. But I think we're, I'm trying to get students into their heart, into their gut. Yeah. Well, let me ask you a question because I, I I think my podcasts tend to be I, – I, I tend to be guilty of going to the abstract um, sure. and because it's really fun to live in the abstract. I, I love the abstract. Um, and I would love to take this conversation to the concrete. So right. do you have um, – 
you have a story you could tell about a kid and, you know, a particular sort of like journey? I mean, I, obviously these students are writing personal essays sure. and so you don't, you may or may not want to share anything no, that is revealing, yeah. but, um, yeah, I'd love to just put some details to this. Yeah. So one thing that's cool about this work is that I never know what the homework is going to look like. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is I think students often expect that they're going to get writing homework and that's often true. And we do action items and deadlines, et cetera. But the other, you know, sometimes the, the conversation will go in a particular way where, um, I'll give you an example. So I was working with a student who was kind of blocked on her essay and not sure what she wanted to write about. And in one of our early sessions, I said, what's going on? And she's like, nothing, it's just personal stuff. And I was like, well, can we talk about it? Because, you know, this mm-hmm. is a personal statement. And she's <laughs> like, well, it's just a thing with my sister. And she opened up about this relationship with her sister that was really troubling her and how she'd felt really judgmental of her sister. Um, her sister had special needs and she didn't feel like she could, she didn't, she felt angry at her and didn't feel like she could be angry mm-hmm. with her. And I said to her, after we talked about this for a while, I said, here's your homework. I want you to apologize to your sister. And she said, "Powerful." what? <laughs> and I said, I want you to ask yourself, what could I apologize to her for? And start there and see where that goes. Mm. And she was taken aback initially, but then kind of warmed up to the idea. And I said, are you down for that? And she's like, okay. And I think she was kind of wondering, well, what does that to do with my essay? And I just said, mm. I just have a feeling that there might be something there. Mm. Because it seems like this relationship with her has, is connected to a lot of things within you. So so she did. So this, this is a situation where, so she came back like two weeks later and she's like, I did it. And I said, okay. Mm. She's like, I was like, how'd it go? And she's like, it was like, wow. You know, she started to talk about how her relationship in the last couple of weeks with her sister had kind of shifted. Something had, had happened. And as she went on and on to talk about it, I sensed, okay, there's something here. And I said, I, th- I think this might be an interesting topic to write about because she was willing to do the work. She was willing to essentially kind of create a turning point in her story mm. <laughs> because this thing was blocking Amazing. her yeah. and that's the first half or the first third of the story. But I was curious to see, would she be willing to process this in an active way? Mm-hmm. And so she did, and she ended up writing a great story about this relationship with her sister, like mm. I said, that revealed core values and right. qualities and positive qualities, like the, the ability, ability to humble yourself and to be vulnerable mm. with somebody that you feel really close to. Um, and it was beautiful, beautiful story. Um, so that's that's a kind of a, a, an example of, you know, weird homework. That's amazing. That that's a really remarkable story. I love that. I love that the work itself ended up becoming part of the essay. You know, that mm-hmm. that's that's fascinating. And I, I think that it takes a real open mind to make that happen. And it doesn't always. Like another example, yeah. last year a student came in and I said, "How are you doing?" And she's like, "I'm just really stressed." And I could see that she was full, like on, on the verge of tears. And mm-hmm. I said, "Well, let's just." can we just sit together for a few minutes and just maybe we'll just like breathe. I'll just put on a little, a little music and we'll just like, just breathe for a few minutes. And she's like, okay. I said, and I have this song called, that's called the most relaxing song ever. <laughs> and I want that. Uh, you just Google it. It's okay. Marconi union. It's amazing. Okay. So we put on this song and I led her through this little meditation and I just said, I just want you to relax and just breathe. And I might close my eyes too. I told her and I closed my eyes and you know, my work is their work, right? Their work is my work. So mm-hmm. I'm, you know, relaxing as well. And I said to her, I just want you to notice that there's nowhere else that you have to be right now. And there's nothing that else that you have to do. Mm. Right now. And it was just like, boom, just like waterworks. Wow. And that was just a thing that she needed to hear. I'm making up. And it's the thing that somebody said to me once mm. as an achiever, somebody was like, oh, and 
she said, to have you say that she, later she, after the meditation, she's like, to have you, and it only lasted eight minutes, but she's like, to have you say to me, like, there's nowhere else that I have to be right now or nothing mm. else I have to do. She's like, that's never true for me. So um, we went and worked on her essays. She had this cool story about this one thing, and then we switched over and ended up being more about family. Um, ended up going to, she's at UCLA now, mm-hmm. and wrote me an email recently, and she said that some of those conversations that we had really stuck with her, that she felt like she was able to get some tools and resources that would have allowed her to just process life better. And when I hear that, I'm just like, oh my gosh, like this is the best stuff. You know, I feel yeah. really lucky to be doing what I'm doing. To process life better. I mean, what, what better <laughs> gift can you give somebody? And this, even though it says, you know, what I, what, what's presented is we're doing a college essay, we're doing so much more. And that's why I feel really lucky. And, and not just that, like, I think I've, I've, even though I, I thought that I was doing this one thing, I found that this work is so uh, elastic and it's so flexible and connects to so many different parts of mm. of of who we are and it helps us discover ourselves. So I think there's that potential in the college essay process. And I think it's one that if students are really willing to take the time um, to, 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 well, really, to just take time to do several drafts and to, um, to really process with some deep questions, um, then I think that there's a whole lot more. There are other gifts to be found. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that's amazing. Um, let's get really concrete for a second. Great. I want to hear what your, you know, how you work with students, basically. I mean, because I think everyone's probably listening to this and thinking, you know, how everything you're saying is so on on the button. But then I'm, I'm sure people are wondering, well, you know, how, what would I do with Ethan? Yeah. Well, while we were just talking in the last 15, 10 minutes, whatever it's been, I had this idea that on our podcast when I record you that I would actually just take you through the process and it would take us about 20, 25 minutes, but there are three exercises that I'll just bullet point right now. And I, let me tell you what they are. And then I'd love to see if you'd be willing to go through it with me. Okay. Does that sound interesting? Sure. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. Great. Okay. So what it would be is, but yeah, good. Uh, that's, that's good. (laughs) That tells me that, that you're, that there's something cooking maybe. So there's this first exercise that I mentioned called the essence objects exercise, which I'll explain to you. Um, and it involves just picking essence objects and that represent deeper parts of who you are. And then there's this values exercise, which uh, involves taking, choosing some of your top values. And then there's a simple exercise that involves processing one challenge from your life. And so I ask you six questions about mm. the challenge. In fact, the first question is, what is the challenge? Mm. And then we walk through that process. And like I said, it takes about 20 minutes. But on the other side of it, you know, I've learned something about you and I think your listeners will have learned something about you. I bet they will. I mean, that's, yeah, (laughs) I'm I'm glad we got some time to prepare for this here. Now this is good. This is good. Okay. And I don't want you to prepare for it too much because I want people to see that it's like, it's something that, and you're somebody who really is great at processing and and thinking on the fly and these things. So uh, whatever you do is great and whatever you do is fine. So just to sort of set you at ease a little bit. Okay, good. That's good. So y'all can look forward to that. But (laughs) there are these three simple exercises. And as I'm leading Ted through them, you know, you could, you know, do these as well. So, um, I won't flip the script on you just yet. I'll let you keep the spotlight on me, but when it's your turn, if you're down for it, I'd love to do that. Yeah, that'll be fun. That's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Not what you expected me to say. (laughs) I did not. No, no, we did not plan for this. Um, (laughs) no, I'm, I'm up for it. That'll be fun. So, um, you do workshops with groups. Mm -hmm. Do you work individually with kids? What's the, you know, what's the suite of services? So basically, you know, I'd say that the most number, like most students see me through the website. So there's kind of like a lot of students come onto the website. I've got a ton of free resources uh, for counselors 
even for parents who are, in some cases, ushering students to the process or trying to get their students to engage more deeply, there's a bunch of parent resources. Mm -hmm. So um, that's how I'd say most people know me. Um, Closer than that, you know, people sometimes take my courses, which are pay what you can. Mm-hmm. Pay what you can is really important to me because access, I really want anybody to be able to you know, access these resources. You can access them through the website or through the book, but I find it's good to do it in like a week setting where you're committed to like, okay, here's this one week that I'm going to do these particular you know, exercises. I'm going to get a solid draft. And so I've got a, a summer course that I teach um, that people can find out about on the website. And it's pay what you can because, like I said, I really want it to be accessible. Then I also work with a small number of students one-on-one, and that's when students work for, it's it's unlimited sessions. I don't like to limit mm. it because I feel like we never know how long a story is going to take. So, you know, last year I worked with probably, I usually work with somewhere between, you know, 10 and 30 students, depending on the year. And over the course of a whole year, it might be end up being like 40, you know, mm-hmm. but the high season is sort of like, you know, June, July, August, because I think it's really important mm. for students to to try and get as much done as they can in the summer because fall just is so bonkers. And they know what the questions are going to be, essentially. I mean, sometimes the questions, you know, some some universities ask specific questions, but a lot of times it's just let it rip and keep it under 750 words, you know? <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So to get even more specific with that, if folks are interested, the main statement, which you'll use for either the Common App or now the Coalition App, which is for most private schools, is 650 words, and it goes out. That main big statement is the one that you'll probably spend most of your time on, the one I've been talking about. Um, and that, you know, I think t- takes eight, ten drafts, you know, to really get it mm-hmm. solid. And then the supplemental essays that Ted's referring to are the essays that are particular to each school. Like, why do you want to go to Northwestern? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, what's an extracurricular activity that in 150 words you could tell us a little more about? And those are officially released usually in about August, uh, August 1st to 15th. Um, but those don't tend to change too often. So I, I encourage students to get a start on that. You know, we know that UPenn is probably going to have a 650 why us statement because they've mm. had that for a few years, but those essays do change. So I, I just let students, you know, say, Hey, check back in to make sure if students are applying to public schools, those are sometimes different essays. Mm. So if you're applying to the university of California schools, those have four separate essays that are mm. 350 words each. In fact, I'm not supposed to call them essays. Excuse me. They're called personal insight questions because they, uh, the UCs feel like the word essay is oftentimes, you know, pings for student, like an academic piece of writing. Yeah. It's certainly not what this is. This yeah. is just, Tell us more about about who you are, and uh, that's 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 broadly speaking, that's not the actual prompt. There are eight different prompts that you can choose from, and you can just Google those. How to write the UC personal insight questions? If you're interested, because I'm because we're talking about resources, I have a little one hour guide to writing the UC personal insight questions that's on my site. Um, so is, is that uh, and is that pay what you can as well? That's free. Yeah, oh, it's just a free guide, and then I've got a, a pay what you can course that's a week long course that I'm teaching in September, but is also on demand that's pay what you can. Nice. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, I love the, I love the accessibility, you know, I think that's, I think that's so important. And it just as a personal, I mean, I'm sure it's a personal value of yours, right? Yeah. Hugely. I'm guessing. Yeah. Hugely. Yeah. 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 It's, um, yeah, because so, you know, having, I didn't grow up with a ton of money. I wasn't say, I wouldn't say we were poor, but you know, I would have liked to have had more resources and, you know, to, if I'd found something like this, I think. And so what I would say to students is if, you know, if you're on a tight budget, there are resources that are out there. Um, and there are podcasts like ours that can get you most of what you need. What I think can be useful is having somebody to give you a little input on your topic. So students sometimes are like, what should I write about? And, you know, like on a course, for example, like the course that I lead, you know, I have students 
work with a writing partner. And the writing partner could be someone that you know, or yeah. it can be someone that um, you know that that you trust. But somebody who's had some experience with the college essay process or college application process can be really super important. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd, I'd highly, highly recommend that. So a student wouldn't necessarily need to work with you in order to have that access, that level of access. No, well, I mean, I think that it's good to, no. So the short answer is no. Like you can get great college admissions advice from you know lots of different people out there. Your counselor. If your counselor is not available, there are many times that an English teacher has, has lots of mm. you know experience doing this. Some English teachers have more experience than others. You know, some English teachers are mostly you know focused on the analytical writing and and that's sort of the essay that they know how to write. Um, but I'd say just making sure when you're trying to pick your topic that you've got you've gotten some guidance on what makes a great topic. And that's something that we that I cover in the course. But when it comes to like revising drafts and you know just figuring out like what makes an interesting story and you know our, that's something that I think any human can can give you some feedback on any sensitive human. Yeah. You know, and I think that I, one of the things that I also on the course, sorry, I'm not trying to like continuously pitch the course, but no. one of the things that I think is important that students should be aware of is what goes into a great personal statement. And I think there are four qualities that go into a great personal statement that I can explain in, in you know, five minutes. And I think that it's possible to, to basically go into each of these qualities and to, to bring more of them into your essay in about you know, 20 or 30 minutes and and have a path for that. And once you have that path, once you know what those four qualities are, I think it's possible to get feedback from somebody even if they don't have um, expertise in the college essay. Hey, and thanks for listening. You'll find all the show notes, which is to say any links that I discuss, like the Essence Objects exercise and the free guide to the UC Personal Insight questions on collegeessayguide.com slash podcast. Just scroll down to the bottom of the page and you'll see that right next to the link for this episode. What else? Oh, subscribe if you haven't subscribed. You'll get access to these episodes as soon as they come out, fresh off the digital presses. Thanks so much and stay curious. Stay curious.